Well, hello, hello, and welcome back, everybody. It's your favorite show, my favorite show, with your favorite host. It's when sports collide, baby. A little football, a little wrestling, smashed all in together. Mm. And I'm your host with the most, baby. The hip breaker, the hit maker, the power drive maker. Stephen Booth, baby. I am back, and I'm back in action. Sorry I haven't done another episode. It's my fault. I'm very, very sorry. Um, I, I haven't, I've been kind of busy, but it's just, uh, like I said, trying to get over this hump, you know, this is a year anniversary of losing my nephew, and me and him was the sports guys in my family, and it's kind of hard to do this stuff now. But you guys are going to be the ones that's going to help me get through this because uh, you're the only ones I got to talk to about football and wrestling. But anyways, I'm going to get back hitting it's hard. I know I keep saying it, keep saying it. <clears throat> I'm going to, going to get back on here every week like I was, get the juices flowing because I love sports. I really love football and wrestling. And I really enjoy talking about it. And I enjoy podcasting. But anyways, this is when sports collide. Your friend, your host, Stephen Booth, man. It's been a wild, wild, wild uh, couple weeks in wrestling and in sport. I mean, in football and in college football. So it's all good in the hood, man. Just want to say thanks to everybody who listens and keeps fuck keeps following me, even though I don't produce much and I'm very, excuse me, very, very. Excuse me again. I'm very, very sorry for that. So please excuse me for the mess up. Anyways, hope you guys are having a great day. I am. It is Sunday when I'm recording this. So hey, hey. Well, I guess without further ado, we'll just uh, get on to the uh, action and see what's going on in the world of uh, college football. What do you say? Okay, today in uh, college football, there isn't a whole lot happening. Looks like Colorado might join the Big 12 in 2025, so that's more and more, that's more teams moving, switching conferences, which is kind of ironic because uh, Colorado was in the Big 12 at one time. Oh, yeah, but uh, they haven't really been a, a... been relevant or even been on a national stage since they was in the Big 12 because there was that one year. They had a pretty good year. They uh, faced Texas in the Big 12 championship. I remember this game. I just don't remember what year. But I remember we met them in the Big 12 championship game in Arlington. It was like one of the first few times they had it at um, at the old uh, Cowboys Stadium. Well, this particular game, <coughs> of course, Texas was riding high because we had that stupid-ass quarterback, Chris Sims. If y'all remember that dumb fuck. I'm sorry I'm a Texas fan. I could not stand him. I didn't think he was all that good. I thought his name is what got him uh, recognized because he didn't do that good as a college player. Didn't do shit in the NFL. But. I remember this game because he put us in a hole because he kept throwing fucking interceptions left and right. And what happened when Major Applewhite came in? He started kicking ass, taking names, and throwing touchdowns. 
But by the time Mac Brown decided to uh, put him in, it was already a little too late, so he didn't get to make a comeback, and Colorado won that game and won the Big 12 that year. But ever since then, you haven't really heard a whole lot about him. So I'm hoping with Dion, you know, it brings them back, you know, up to their limelight. Because remember, you know, they had Slash came from there. You remember Slash? He was at, uh, I can't remember that guy's name now, but he was a quarterback. And he went to Pittsburgh, and they called him Slash, Slash because they'd use him as a quarterback, receiver, running back. I think his last name was Stewart. But, uh, yeah. Last time they was on a big stage was in, and that's been a long time ago. So I hope to see him back. Girl, you know, Eric Bieniemy, I believe he went to college there. He was a good running back from there. So it ought to be pretty good to see, uh, see him back in the limelight, see what old Dion can do. Okay, now. So well, what I'm going to start doing on every episode now, since it's getting uh, closer, well, I'm going to talk about the recruiting real quick. This recruiting is for the uh, 2023 class. Yeah, this is the 2023. And Texas is not doing that good in its poll yet for 2023. But they haven't got a whole lot of commitments yet. They've only got like three. But anyways, this list is uh, from 15 to number one. And that's the order we're going to go in. North Carolina is coming in at 15 with uh, 13 commits altogether. Two four-stars and 10 three-stars. Then we have Alabama with eight total commitments. One five-star, one five-star, six four-stars, and one three-star. Then we have South Carolina with nine altogether. Zero five-stars. Four eight stars and one three star. Then we have Arkansas with ten altogether, zero five stars, eight four stars, and two three stars. Then we have Florida. They have eight altogether, only one five star commitment, six four star, and one three star. Then we have Wake Forest, who has seventeen. Commitments, zero four star or zero five star, zero four star, but 14 uh, three stars. Then we have Florida State, who's got 11 altogether with zero five star players. Uh, they got seven four star and three three star players. Then we have Tennessee with 12 altogether. They have zero five star players, five four star players, and seven three star players. Then we have Penn State, who has fifteen altogether, zero five star, seven four star, and eight three star. Then we have Oregon with fourteen altogether. They have zero five star, nine four star, and five three star. Then we have Ohio State, who has 13 altogether, one five-star, uh, nine four-stars, and three three-stars players. Then we have LSU with 16 commitments, zero five-stars, ten four-stars, and five three-stars. Then we have Notre Dame with 17 commitments. They have zero five-stars, ten four-stars, and seven three-stars. Then we have Michigan State, uh, 
at 17 altogether with one five star, 11 four stars, and four three stars. Then we have Georgia who has 16 altogether. They have two five stars and four or 11 four stars and three three star players. So that's how the uh, ranking they're recruiting for the 2023 class. <coughs> Texas got a commitment <clears throat> the other day from tw uh, 2024 class. So that'd be great. But hopefully Texas gets off their ass and gets moving up in these rankings uh, some. But I think last time I checked, Texas is a lot. Texas is uh, down pretty far because they've only got right now three or four commitments for this uh, for this class. So, all right, well, well, well. Let's go to the next part of the show. Yeah, like I said, the next part of the show. I'm gonna uh, just pick some uh, some of the big big time colleges and uh, talk about them, how good how uh, they look for the year coming up. So today we're gonna be covering Michigan, TCU, Notre Dame, Colorado, Miami, and Oklahoma State. All right, we're gonna start out with. Uh, let me turn my light up a little bit here. Because old man can't see. All right, we're going to start out with the Michigan Wolverines. We're going to start out with their offense. Okay. Blocking. This year's front five will once again be among the most physical in the country. And uh, be the most physical in the country, starting with uh, one of, starting one of the nation's best landoms in Zach Zider and Trevor Keegan and Star Center Ola Uluwantame. Sorry if I fucked that name up. But he, oh, he was now a Seattle Seahawk. But it comes Drake, but in comes Drake Nugget, or Nugent, Drake Nugent, to take over. Outside tackle. Ryan has, Ryan is trying to become a Miami Dolphin in the, in the line might have upgraded with Darius Henderson coming in from uh, Arizona State. Behind its great line. The ground game will be uh, dynamic. It was fifth in the nation. Number one in the Big Ten. And it gets the guys back to even to do even more. Let me switch out my... I didn't put my bifocals on before I started reading this. Yes, I know. I should have. Okay. Okay, where was I? That's a lot better. Okay, they got the guys to even do more. Blake Corumer returns this fall after joining after running for one thousand four hundred and sixty three yards and eighteen TDs. 
before suffering a knee injury and Devin Edwards, who ran for 991 yards and averaged seven yards per carry. But the better but the better pro prospect ground game will also be helped by J.J. McCaffrey. After years and years of throwing inter- interesting QB prospects at the wall and seeing which would seeing what would stick, what would stick, Michigan has a Michigan has a star quarterback in McCaffrey. He stepped up. He stepped up. He stepped into the starting row early and never let go, throwing for over two thousand seven hundred yards and twenty two touchdowns with five picks along to go with 300 rushing yards and five scores. Cade, Mc- Cade Namara is off trying to show Iowa what a complete forward pass looks like. <laughs> so it's up to uh, <clears throat> off-traveled Jack Turtle, Jack Tuttle, who started out at, out at Utah before transferring to Indiana to be ready as as the uh, main backup. The receiving groups is hard, is hardly a weakness, but but it's not as strong as the other parts of this year's offense. Even so, Johnson and Wilson are explosive wideouts, and the Indiana transfer tight end banner is a nice addition to go along with the uh, to go along with Loveland. Now let's look at Michigan's defense. The defense that was uh, so good all year all year before TCU screwed that up is loaded up front and has some work to do in the secondary. It's hardly a dire situation though considering the main stars are back ex- except for top corner Turner. The safeties will be terrific around Moore and San Ristal, but the uh, corners are young. The pressure might not be quite, quite what they're what. Okay, the pressure might not be quite there like you think. But this, but this line will get into the backfield. Smith went into the first round to Dallas and edge rusher Morris was drafted by Seattle. But there's no taking a step back and Jenkins, a future NFL starter at one tackle job in the uh in the uh versatile Stewart is a dangerous all around pass rusher coming from Coastal Carolina. Stewart can also work Can also work inside or out, likely playing in the rotation with, with top running with a top returning edge rusher, Harrell. The linebacker duo of Coyson and Burnett, they were a one. They were they were one and two in tackles. That means one guy was first, one guy was second in tackles. Uh, respectively, combined for. 173 uh, sacks last year. Son of a bitch. No. Oh, tackles. Yeah. 173 tackles they combined for. They're good enough and long and along to help is Hazelman 
a buckled-up safety-sized missile he transferred from Nebraska. Then we have, uh, here we go with the Michigan Wolverines' keys to this season. Granted, a bit more pressure. It's hard to get down down on what was what was and should be among the nation's best defense, but it could be a taint more disruptive. The sacks were there; they were spread around among the group, but there wasn't an there wasn't an Adayan Hutchinson who's made the offensive lines freak out. 21 of 73 tackles for losses came in the wins over Indiana and Colorado State. There was just oh there was blah, blah, blah. there was just one in the close call win Illinois and mere in a mere 3 in the loss to TCU. All right, that's the outlook on Michigan. Now let's do the outlook on TCU. The okay, the offense might even be more dangerous this year. I don't know about that because they lost some key players. So the TCU. Uh, oh, let me put my two cents and wrap up the Michigan before I go to TCU. I think they'll have a pretty good team this year. They'll be in the playoffs. Do I think they'll get past in the playoffs again? They. I don't know. It's hard to say with them. I'm going to have to watch them play some, but judging if they got a lot of the people coming back from last year, uh, we'll see. But uh, they, they might, but I don't think they're going to be in the national championship game. They'll probably make it to the playoffs, but I don't know because uh, Ohio State, you know, is still mad about the Big Ten game where they choked up and lost to Michigan. All right, that wraps up Michigan. Let's start talking about the old TCU Frogs. Now, I'm not taking away what they did last year. It was awesome. But there was a few games that they lost. They were close to excuse me, losing, but they didn't. They didn't, you know, but there were some that were like, eh, and it all came up and caught up with them at the national championship game because they choked up big. And a lot of people are like, well, at least they made it. Yeah, but you want to be remembered for getting your ass kicked 70 to fucking 7? I mean, anyways, we're going to start talking about TCU now. See what they're going to do this year. The offense might be uh, might be even more dangerous. I don't think so because they lost a good receiver, lost a quarterback, and I think they lost their uh, star running back too. So The TCU offense was, a, was great. At hitting the big play. But it was more if effective than than consistent. See, there wasn't very consistent on it. And it was very, very clutch. This year, with all the new parts under new offensive coordinator. Oh, yeah, that's another thing, too. TCU lost their offensive coordinator. Can't remember where he went, but it's Lincoln Riley's little brother. So I'm wondering how this is, offense is going to do, too. I mean, because... I mean, I, I didn't, I couldn't stand Lincoln Rowland because he was an Oklahoma coach and I used to always kick our ass, especially him because he was such a great play caller. I'm not going to take anything away from him. He's a good play caller and so is his brother. So we'll see how they do in that area. 
Okay, effective or consistent, and it was very, very clutch this year, even with all the new parts. Under new offensive coordinator, Kennedale Brazel, it it has the it has the potential to be better on third downs and we in a wee bit faster overall. But it probably probably will not average over thirty nine points per game again. Chandler Morris was the TCU starting quarterback last year for a seat for a reason. Terrifically ta- talented former or talented former Oklahoma transfer got the call in the opener against Colorado. He hurt his knee, Max Duggan stepped in, and everything took off from there. But Morris in a terrific but Morris, if a terrific passer, has good enough to make everything go. And he'll need to be sharp. Then we have then we're gonna talk about the receiving core. We got Johnston and the top targets are gone from the receiving core. Yeah, see what I mean? They don't have the receiving core they did last year. But there's a whole lot of uh there are, there's a whole lot to like with the top returning receivers. Okay, so they do got some good top returning receivers, which is good. You got Williams. <clears throat> then you got the all all Big Twelve, twelve tight end Wiley, and a host of phenomenal transfers. Uh, JoJo Earl, he came from Alabama. J.P. Uh, Richardson came from Oklahoma State. Jack Beach came from LSU, who should explode. They say the receivers are going to be great, and Alabama transfer running back Terry Sanders. Should put up huge numbers. The offensive line should be very should be very bit as good, even after losing center Allen and outside guard Steve Alava. Tackles Barton Clemen and Andrew Crooker are all star talents. While Patrick Patrick is a ready to roll guard from Jackson State. And the coaching staff has to find a spot for Alabama transfer Tommy Buchermeyer somewhere. It's not like the defense was all that great anyway. They really wasn't. That defense, I mean, last year, eh. it's not like the defense was all that great. Michigan and Georgia certainly exposed that. But it had a whole bunch of great parts. This year's version is more experienced and should be even stronger, especially in the back eight around a loaded linebacker core. Johnny Hutchinson, the outside, and Hodges in the uh, interior will combine for over uh, 150 tackles. The front three should keep everyone clean. 320-pound Williams is a good young anchor, but the pass rush has to come from somewhere on the end with leading sacker uh, Horton gone. No, the secondary won't be better without uh, Trevius Hodges Tomlinson. But with quarterback Jason Newton and safeties Mark Perry and Milliard Bradford in the hunt for the Big 12 honors, it will be more than fine. Early 
Avery Helm comes in from Florida by taking over for the uh, Thomason on the other side of Newton. TCU Horn Frogs keys to this season. Third down conversions. TCU did not have to dominate the chains for the clock or chains of the clock. <coughs> it will be able to strike quickly to make up for it. But it cannot play total it cannot be totally awful on third downs. It's not right to take anything bad that happened against the uh, jacked up Georgia uh, defense in the national championship game, but there was uh, no stopping the bleeding with good drives. TCU converted 18% of their third down conversions. It was even worse in the Big 12 championship game lost to uh, Oklahoma State. There was a struggle to keep it moving against Oklahoma State in the 43-40 fight. See, that's what I mean. That's another game right there that they almost fucking lost. And the Texas D was tough in the 17-10 struggle. See, they didn't score that much on us. That's what I mean. I mean, they still beat us, but we held them. This uh, year is just to... Conf uh, they want to try to convert 40% or so, and that they'll be fine doing that. Okay, here's some of the uh, TCU, Hornhorn, TCU Horn Frogs' top transfers and biggest losses. Trey Sanders in from Alabama. QB Sam Jackson gone to Cal. Uh, Jinder Miller ripped off, ripped off close to 14 rushing yards and 17 touchdowns. Sanders is a big quick runner who who got a lot of work over the three over the last three seasons in the Alabama offense. But now he gets to be the main man. There weren't any massive losses through the transfer portal, but cannot that cannot be overcome. But it will be even but it but it would have been nice to have a vet, veteran quarterback Who's around? Who was around for the last four years? Jackson wasn't going to get the gig, and now he's at Cal, where he'll get to run the uh, attack. This means the spotlight will be on the new guy coming. Up. Not the new guy. It's that guy from Oklahoma that transferred that had the starting job last year, but lost it when he hurt his fucking knee. But my take this year on them, I don't think they're going to go undefeated again. I don't think they're going to win the Big Twelve this year. They might be in contentions for it, but a lot of key things last year went in to making that season what it was, and I don't think they have enough oomph to go back and repeat and be undefeated again. So, But that's my take on them. Now let's go on with Notre Dame. Notre Dame's offense. Sam Horton is the right quarterback to make the defense take off. The offensive coordinator, Tom Reese, left to take the uh, same gig at Alabama. And up comes Parker from coaching, excuse me, the tight ends to open it all up a bit more. Bunker went for Reese to, uh, Ala went, uh, Bunker went with Reese to Bama. Drew Pena left for Arizona State. And then in comes Hartman from Wake Forest with close to 13,000 career passing yards and 110, TD, 110 passing TDs. Five seasons of experience. 
in a oh a very young and potential loaded receiving group he's got to work with too. He's got a star tight end. Meyer Maya Meyer is off being a Las Vegas Raider, but Jaden Thomas is promising big target who can get down the field. And Merriweather Merriweather has the skills to be the breakout star as soon as Hartman gets comfortable. They're an all-good-looking freshman are brought in, and the uh, groups has the uh, potential to grow into a into a a strong uh, player. It will be too tempting to put put away. It will be. It will be too tempting to not pound away with what would be another good ground game. <clears throat> Diggs took off for LSU, but leading another rush, uh, leading another rusher, S time, is back for finishing with 920 yards and 11 scores last year, averaging six yards a carry. There's a good rotation behind Estim to work behind a line with arguably the best tackle combined in the country, and in Joe. Alton, oh, oh, it, and Joe Alt on the uh, left, and Fisher on the right. The interior needs some working, but it will be, uh, it will be more than fine around center. Carl, Carl, Notre Dame Fighting Irish preview of the defense. The defense held its own. Last year, but it's but it should be far stronger this year. There were there were a few problems here and there, but overall, the Irish allowed just 329 yards and 23 points per game. It will be more consistent with a loaded group. Excuse me, coming back starting with a phenomenal linebacking core. Bertrand led the uh, team with 82 tackles. Kaiser was second with 58, and Lufua was third. But has a world of upside as potential playmaker behind the line. Even the star, even with star pass rusher falsely working for the New Orleans Saints now, the line will still be terrific. Getting uh, Gene Babstili from Ohio State will help on the end. There's a good group on the nose led by the uh Howard led by Howard Cross and Rob Mills and it's a he is a big veteran. Who can get behind the line? Just give the secondary a little bit a little bit a uh, little bit of a pass and rush and it'll go. The corners will take uh, will the corners will take care of the rest. Sophomores Morrison picked off six passes and is de- destined for all American honors. And Hurt coming off a shoulder injury that limited him last season is a very big all around factor on the other side. The satisfactions are experienced and can hit. And adding even more of a veteran pro uh, uh, veteran presence is Tom Harper transferring from Oklahoma State.
Then we have, let's see, the Notre Dame keys to the season. Get the ground game, ground attack rolling. Stop teams from hitting their passes. That matters too. The Irish, the Irish were one in four when allowing quarterbacks to connect on sixty-five percent or more of their throws. It's about that ground game. Notre Dame was seven and zero when rushing from rushing more than one hundred and fifty yards, and when it didn't, and it needed everything to bag in the bag to get by Cal and Navy, and those two wins. When the uh, run didn't work, forty-eight and one—that's what the Irish are over the last six years when rushing over 150 yards or more. With one loss coming to Stanford in 2017. Now let's look at the top transfers and the biggest losses. Quarterback Sam Hartman in from Wake Forest. Running back Logan Diggs off to LSU. The running game will be fine while all the young guys ready to uh, rise up. And S-Time is the uh, top back on the team anyway. But Diggs turned into a strong number two who who came up large in the bowl win over South Carolina. Hartman bombed away for close to 8,000 yards over the last two years. Averages over eight yards per attempt and is not afraid to take a chance. How prolific is he? If he throws for 3,680 yards, not totally crazy, he'll pass former uh, Oklahoma Sooner Landry Jones to be the NCAA third all-time leading passer. But But it goes totally off and throws for 4,000 yards, he passes Hawaii's Jimmy Kahn to finish second all-time behind Houston's Case Keenum. Well, I think Notre Dame's going to be all right like they always are. I just don't think they're probably going to be in a contention. I don't know if they're in a conference this year yet or not. I mean, I think last year they was independent. I'm not for sure. But I don't see... I don't see Notre Dame making it to the playoffs. I just don't foresee that happening. Yeah. All right, guys. I'm going to take a little break right here. Play a little commercial. And I will be right back. Hotels, uh, anything you can think of. So, 
we cover anything and everything. And my daughter started a show with me, but she quit doing it. So I'm gonna, it's just me right now. So, hey, but come listen. It's called Ghost Stories Told from the South. And the reason it's called that is because uh, I'm from the South, and I'm telling ghost stories from the South. You know what I mean, Jelly Bean? But it's some good old scary stuff. We cover urban legends, too, and just uh, maybe some unsolved mysteries, but it's mostly urban legends and uh, ghost stories and stuff. So, yeah, if you're looking for a good scary time to sit by the fire with your friends and tell some stories, go check out Ghost Stories Told from the South. We are on Spotify, iHeart, Pandora, uh, Stitcher, um, we're pretty much on every platform now, guys. We even got a YouTube channel. Go check it out. Ghost Stories Told from the South. We're on Facebook, and we're on Instagram, too. So go check us out at all them places and come check out the podcast. I hope you like it. Hope to see you at the next Scattery Scattery episode. Goodbye. All right, I'm back. I hope y'all like that commercial there. That's for another podcast I do. Check it out if you like ghost stories. Got two more schools to finish up here. We got Colorado. And, of course, you know the offseason. They had uh, Dion come in. They uh, fired their other coach and brought Dion in. Well, I mean, God, they went 11-1 and last year. That's not good. So the team brought Dion in, and he uh, made some changes, and people were leaving. So if you haven't heard, (laughs) but I think he's going to do pretty good there. Not saying he's going to win a national championship or nothing, but he's going to bring them back to uh, excellence. All right, let's go over the Colorado Buffaloes here. The flashing fast. Attack joins the uh, flashiest player and coach of all time. Because Dion, as the head coach, isn't exciting enough. He hired Kent State's head coach, Sean Lewis, to run the offense. I'll be, uh, I'll be a bit more... What is, what is that here? Let's see. Sorry, guys. Uh, Lewis to the offense would be a bit more conflict confidential here, but it's still it's but it's still but it still be but it still be a blast. The Golden Flash has ranked up one of the fastest attacks on college football over the last four years. Time of possession meant absolutely nothing. Kent State had the ball for twenty six minutes a game. But the running game was the best in the MAC. The passing attack cracked up the uh, big plays at big plays at times, and now it's going to be run run by that run by that that guy. Sanders, Dion. This is Dion Sanders' son. Dion's uh, son threw for almost seven thousand yards and uh, forty touchdowns. In his two years at Jackson State. And now he's he has to be even quicker. Excuse me. In more defiance with his reads. Not a problem. And the new attack. Ken State's offense. Ken State's offense. Well. Anyways. In the new attack. Offense. Under the. 
offense under Lewis got plenty of rushing yards out of his quarterbacks. And Sanders is more about spreading the ball around than taking off. All right, now the uh, receiving core. Welcome in the USF wide receiving corps to throw to. Jimmy Horn is a dangerous deep threat that with elite quick quickness, Xavier Worthy should be the early star after averaging 15 yards per game with over 1,400,000 yards and eight scores over the last two years for the Bulls. The O-line is, uh, that's crazy because, oh, Xavier Weaver, not worthy, okay, never mind. The O-line is, uh, is the tough part. This is the one place that's keeping around a few uh, holdovers. With 6-10 and 10 left tackle, Christian's, Lichten, Lich, Christian Lichten at left, and it should in a solid sophomore, Van Wells at center. Lewis is helping bringing in OT Washington, outside tackle Washington and outside guard Bailey from Kent State to work on the right side. But the real man that should be Jackson State transfer Brown, a 6'3", 320-pound Blaster who move who can move mountains. In the Houston transfer running back, uh, Mescal is the perfect fit for the attack. He missed last year with a torn ACL, but ran for 961 yards and 18 touchdowns in uh, 2021. And Calvius Smoke is a is a good veteran with five seasons and 15,000 yards under his belt. Star recruit Edwards will get work will get work right away. Colorado's defense. The offense was miserable last season, but the defense was far worse. It finished second to last in the nations against the run pass against the run pass rush and scoring D scoring D allowing 44 points per game. The defense coordinator, Charles Kelly, comes in from Alabama, where he was part of Nick Staven's staff for the last three years. He's starting, he's starting from scratch here with almost no one from last year's D expected to play a key role. The pass rush is job one. It will come from anywhere on the defense front, but it will be up to edge rusher Derek Melandon from Florida State and Smalls from Washington to set the tone. And there were plenty of other transfer options ready to rotate in on the outside. The interior is a is a big and has enough overall experience to get by around 310-pound uh, pay pay in from Fresno State, and let's talk about the linebackers. But now they have to step up and shine. They say you got a linebacker Kennedy from Alabama and Giant from Florida State, and then Bentley from Clemson. They can move and they will crack up the tackles. 
but this is Deion Sanders' team. The star of defense shall be in the secondary. And here's how the, uh, okay. Travis Hunter from Jackson State was a uh, superstar recruit <coughs> as a uh, receiver. And he'll see time there. But the NFL upside is a uh, showdown, a shutdown corner. He's terrific. He's terrific, and is so, and is so is a true freshman, McLean, one of the nation's top recruits who will likely be thrown into the mix right away. Mayless uh, Slasher from Arkansas. And Salmon Gregg from Jackson State joined Trevor Woods on one of one of the few 2022 Buffaloes who did not see any time, but will likely be statically or statically superstars, along with Prime Son. Along with Prime Son Shalo from uh, Jackson State at safety. I'm confused. I thought they were saying his son was a fucking quarterback. Maybe he's got two sons. Third down conversions. Here, here's the thing about here is the thing about the flash fast style of uh, off of offense. Sean Lewis. He likes to run, run. No, it won't operate like it did at Kent State at Colorado, but it will move. When it doesn't work, this means the defense is on the field for at least 40 minutes of the game. Even when it does work, the D might be on the field for at least 40 minutes. That's fine if it's producing. It connected to big plays and should keep defense on their toes for... After last year's Buffalo's offense couldn't sustain anything. The defense was on the field way too often, and there was no tempo control. Just keep things moving. Now let's look at some of the top transfers and biggest losses. Uh, Cornerback Travis Hunt in from Jackson State. Cornerback Nico Reed has gone to Oregon. It's Deion Sanders. He'll only go the go the elite of the elite corner prospects, and that's 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 Hunter along with the freshman McCline. However, Reed is one of the few departures who can move, who have moved a big play role in some way, and now the team's best pass defender might take uh, take o- take over for a few New England draft picks. Christian Gonzalez is Christian Gonzalez at the corner spot at o- o- Oregon. Well, what do I think this year about Colorado? Are they going to go win any championships or nothing? Probably not Dion's first year. I mean, I mean, look what TCU did. You never know. But I don't think uh, they will because they went one eleven last year. But I see them getting. I see them getting. I know they're going to get 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 enough games to go to a uh, a bowl game. I say they're going to end up with probably eight wins this year. You know, they're not going to win a whole bunch. 
I mean, eight's a good dough. I'd say anywhere from six to eight wins this year. All right, guys, let's go our last college of the day. And then we'll get on to some wrestlingo. <laughs> All right, we're going to go over Oklahoma State. Now, Oklahoma State last year, they do like every fucking team does that plays Texas. They get hyped up for one game just so they can beat Texas and throw everything out there on the table and beat Texas, and what happened? Then they lost the rest of their games, and they still can't beat Big Brother Oklahoma. They can only beat Big Brother Oklahoma once every 10 fucking years. But they want to run their mouth and say how they own they own Texas. I don't think they're going to do all good this year because they lost some key, key players. But let's read into it and see what the, I fished up. Uh, as is, Oklahoma has been great under Mike Gundy. No losing season since his first year in 2005. Six double-digit wins campaigns, five top 15 finishes, but, 2000, but 2011 was the only Big 12 championship season. That needs to change soon. The Cowboys were six inches away from a conference title and a possible college football playoff invite in 2001. That was a good game, but yeah, Oklahoma State fucked herself. And this year has been the uh, laughing, the launching pad to what's going on. There's more of a rebuild happening, though, than you might think. After starting six and one in 2002. And rolling, and rolling with a thrilling win over Texas, winning stopped. You know why? Because they put all their fucking seeds and all their chips and on the table for Texas. Even Mike Gundy said that in an interview. He said maybe we put too much on the table and focused everything on beating Texas, and that's why they went to crap. Anyways, a win over Texas. Everything stopped. Kansas State. Rolled 48 to nothing to the Cowboys' offense, and it died. The team lost five of their last six games in one of the uh, strangest collapses of the season. But it's Oklahoma State under my under a Gundy clinches don't go unfixed. And this year, it started with a bump from the go. All right, let's preview the offense. The offense should be better and more consistent. How is that when they lost some of their key guys? They've lost a lot of people. They lost a lot of transfers. Turnovers were a big problem. The running game stalled and third down conversions became a pleasant memory. Here comes the pivot with former star uh, quarterback Spencer off to Ole Miss and former Texas Tech turned Michigan transfer Alan Bowman coming to the coming to the battle. Garrett Regal are coming in to oh, they're coming into battle. Uh he's coming into battle. Greg Ray Great uh Garrett Rangel for the job. He won't run like Sanders, but he's terrific passer and can stay healthy if he can stay healthy. 
<coughs> Here's the receiving core. The receiving core is loaded, and it's full of veterans with Breen Presley in the top three receiver, receivers or back. And it comes in comes Stribling from Washington State. He made more. He made 95 catches for over a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns over the last two year, two seasons. Now the running game has to do more. Leading rusher Richardson took off to a uh, Baylor, and Sanders was the second leading runner. But the situation is fine. The combination of Nixon and Gordon can easily replace Richardson production. And in comes in Collins from Michigan State to possibly be the number one. It's all a work behind... It's all, it's all working behind a line that has the potential to be far, far better and more consistent. The left tackle spot is settled with all-star Cooper coming over from Texas State as a part of the group's do, uh, d domination. Well, I really don't think Oklahoma State's going to do all that this year. You know, they're not going to be in contentions for another Big 12 this year because I guarantee they won't get past Oklahoma, and Oklahoma is their Achilles heel. They need That's one team they need to start fucking beating on a regular uh, regular basis, but it won't happen because this is our last that OU, OU's in Texas last year in the Big 12. So looks like the Oklahoma State needs to get their shit together so they can start being big brother, but... After this year, they won't have to worry about it. And they won't be playing Texas anymore. But we got all these new teams coming in. So, I don't know. I'm not picking them to go very high in the Big 12 this year. So, we'll just see what happens. All right, guys. Well, I guess we'll uh, do some NFL. All right, let's talk about some NFL. Of course, if you've been living under a rock, you know that uh, Rodgers went to the New York Jets, so he's going to be their quarterback now, and he's getting people in. So see how they do this year. I don't think they're going to be a whole... I mean, I don't know, man. They did pretty good last year without a uh, you know, big-time quarterback, so they might be a little better this year. Who knows, man? Who knows? But uh, And then the Bills' uh, defensive tackle, Ed Oliver, he signed a deal for four years for $68 million, but 45 of it's guaranteed. Can you imagine $45 million guaranteed? That's crazy. That's just crazy, 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 I tell you. But, yeah, I haven't, uh, I'll start doing that. I'll start doing some... Uh, like I just did with the college, I'll do some uh, upcoming teams for the NFL. But I probably won't do that right off the bat until we get, excuse me, closer to um, uh, training camp and all that. Because people are still getting cut and stuff. So, yeah. But other than that, there isn't a whole lot going on in the in the in the NFL. So. Sorry if the NFL part's going to be a little short. I didn't do a whole lot of research on it. I need to. I should have. But hey, it is what it is. 
Yeah, but there really ain't nothing else, uh, I don't think. Nothing big time. Nothing too crazy in the NFL. The draft just happened. Uh, there was some uh, teams that did some good job, did some good things. Houston, that was crazy. They got two picks in the top ten in the first round, so we'll see how they do. Uh, see how good Atlanta does getting uh, Robinson. See how good uh, uh Young does from Alabama. Can't remember where he got drafted. Dang it. Uh, anyways, but yeah, that's about it though. Nothing really major. Nothing really. Nothing. No big time jiving and stoofing. But so, guess we'll uh, switch off in the NFL and just uh, get on with some uh, wrestling. Well, well, it's wrestling time, baby. And there's been a lot going on in the wrestling world the past couple weeks, months since I've done a podcast. Uh, we'll just get down to it. But before I just get down to it, there's one thing I want to do. And in a month's span, we have lost Bill Graham, baby. Superstar Billy Graham. Superstar. And just this past week, we have lost the Iron Sheik. Screw you, Melikat. I spit on you. So, two great wrestlers, man, that did a lot for the industry and really uh, put their uh, put their uh, stamp on wrestling. You know, their names are going to be known, well known with wrestling forever. Both of them were tied in with key moments in wrestling history, but. We're going to do a Tim Bell salute real quick before I get started on this. Uh, my condolences go out to the both families. And um, we just need to start trying to record some of this history of wrestling more and more often. Because these older guys are going left and right, guys. They're not going to be here forever. So we need to record everything they want to say about wrestling. But here's a Tim Bell salute I want to do real quick for these two guys. Because... Not Billy Graham so much. I seen him in the 80s where he was still kind of big, but not like he was in the 70s. Um, same thing, I seen the Sheik. Started, I seen him in the 80s when he was on the backside of his career. Well, it wasn't on the backside, but I remember the Sheik more from the uh, 80s. But Sorry you're gone, guys. Hope you're up there having fun. We will see you later. I mean, we're not going to see you later, but here's the uh, Tim Bell salute, guys. God bless you guys. Hope you're up there smiling down on us. Like I said, you guys will be missed, man. Will be missed, you know. There's a lot of uh, people like Hulk Hogan who took stuff took stuff from Billy Graham, you know. So, anyways, 
let's get on with the show, my hairy little friends, and not be uh, all sad. All right. So, uh, I don't know where I caught up with you guys last or whatever, but the la- I'll just go with the last pay-per-views we had. What do we have? Not a Champions. That was pretty good. The Bloodline's kind of splitting up a little bit, it looks like. Uh, what was it? The Night of Champions. Yeah, that was good. Um, the Usos. I can't remember if they went. No, it was um, the, uh, God dang it, Raymond and Solo that went for the tag team belts, and they didn't win them. <laughs> this is the pay-per-view they had in uh, not Saddam, but uh, God dang it. Overseas. I can't remember now. It's brain fart. But it was a, excuse me, very, very good pay-per-view. Really liked it, enjoyed it. Uh, we got a new, uh, another heavyweight champion, uh, Seth Rollins. Well, Roman Reigns isn't. He got the title taken from him. So he's still just, he's just the universal, I believe. But now he's got three belts, and he's got three belts because he got a new belt honoring his um, a thousand days of uh, being a champion. So, pretty cool, pretty cool, pretty pretty cool. In uh, AEW, MJF still the champion. He won the Fatal Four Away, and then uh, him and Adam Cole had a good little promo the other night on Dynamite. Um. Not too much really happened in wrestling. Uh, nothing major, nothing shocking. See, <coughs> CM Punk's coming back to AEW, and they got a show coming up sometime <coughs> over in England, I believe. So, yeah, it's all going pretty good, man. And uh, I didn't see who won last week and all that. Write it all down. I should have. I will next week. I just wanted to get a show out there and aired. Because I haven't done it in a while. Because I've been slacking. But yeah, man. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool, man. The wrestling world today. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's uh, it's very exciting to be a fan right now. Because then you got a lot of money in the bank right now. Then you got Brock Lesnar and Cody going back and forth. So we don't know who's going where right now or what. But I... uh, I think Adam Cole and um, MJF are going to have a title match coming up pretty soon. And if they do, that would be pretty damn cool, I think. Uh, Well, I think that's it for the show today. Sorry if the wrestling part and the NFL part was a little... But I'll do more research, research on them and get them motherfuckers going right. But I'm glad you guys stopped by. Thank you for listening. Thank you for not giving up on me and the show. And just want to say thanks. You guys are the best. Best of the best. But we'll see you later. This has been When Sports Collide. Collide. When Sports Collides. Football and Wrestling. I am your host with the most, baby. Stephen Booth. We will see you later. Be good, be real, and be funky like a monkey, baby.